RTHK News. It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the chief executive says she will not select judges for individual national security trials. A former chief justice says aspects of the new security legislation raise concerns about judicial independence. And the administration says it's still working on a long-awaited system to allow healthy people to travel to and from Macau and Guangdong. The chief executive, Carrie Lamb, says she will not handpick judges for national security trials and will instead consult the chief justice before naming a group of judges for the judiciary to appoint to such cases. Mrs Lamb dismissed as ignorant suggestions that giving her such powers under the new national security law would undermine judicial independence. She was asked whether foreign judges would be allowed to sit in national security cases. We don't know how many judges now sitting on the bench uh, have foreign nationality. And what's more, I have quoted to you that judges, as far as in Hong Kong as they are concerned, they are appointed on the basis of their judicial and professional qualities. So with those uh, safeguards in place, uh, the answer should be obvious. There are no particular restrictions on the uh, judges to be designated by the chief executive uh, onto the future sort of group. The former Chief Justice Andrew Lee says some provisions of Beijing's new national security law for the SAR, reported by the Xinhua News Agency, raise serious concerns about judicial independence. Maggie Ho has details. In a statement to two local newspapers, Mr Lee said the chief executive would not have the required knowledge of judges' experience and expertise to decide who should sit in national security cases, and giving her this responsibility would also be inappropriate since the CE will chair a national security commission. Mr Lee said the selection must at least be based upon the recommendation of the chief justice or other judicial officers, so it will be made on a professional and independent basis. The former top judge also said that the fact that Beijing would exercise jurisdiction in the most serious national security cases undermined the independent judicial power, which Hong Kong courts are authorized to exercise under the basic law. Beijing has rebuffed a warning from the European Union over its new national security law for Hong Kong, insisting the legislation is a domestic affair. The foreign ministry said President Xi Jinping and Premier Li Keqiang made clear in a video conference with European leaders that they opposed any foreign interference in this matter. European officials said they warned China that it faced very negative consequences if it pressed ahead with the law. Here's the EU president, Ursula von der Leyen. Beijing's imposition of a national security law on Hong Kong does not conform with the Hong Kong basic uh, law, nor with China's international commitments. For the European Union, human rights and fundamental freedoms are non-negotiable. We always raise our concern, so was it today too, and insist on having our view on these topics. In other news, the chief executive says officials are still developing a health code that will allow people who test negative for coronavirus to travel between Hong Kong, Macau and Guangdong. Carrie Lam says she understands the grievances of people who can't travel because of coronavirus border restrictions. Mrs Lam says the government wants to introduce the code, which has been in the works for more than a month, as soon as possible. But there are certain technical uh, issues to overcome and the number of people that we will be allowing across the border every day and so on. But I can tell you, the detailed work covers both Guangdong and Macau. I have personally 
I've spoken to、uh, Macau Chief Executive Ho Yasin. Both governments, the Hong Kong and the Macau governments, are also working very hard to achieve that sort of facilitating travel for our respective citizens. An infectious disease specialist says he's concerned about the sharp increase in imported coronavirus cases after Hong Kong recorded its biggest daily increase in more than two months yesterday. 30 people tested positive, 29 of whom arrived from Pakistan at the weekend, with reports that a further 16 are preliminary positive tests. Dr. Joseph Tsang said the government should step up testing of staff at quarantine centres and the airport to ensure there are no local transmissions. The High Court has granted social worker Lau Ka Tung bail pending an appeal against his conviction and prison sentence for obstructing a police officer during an anti-government protest in Yunlong last July. Lau was jailed for a year last week after the Fanling Magistracy found him guilty of delaying officers' movement by standing in front of the police cordon during a clearance operation on Onlock Road. His lawyer argued that the 24-year-old had a good chance of winning the appeal, as videos seen in court clearly showed that he had not challenged or confronted the police and was simply pleading for officers to give protesters more time to retreat. The prosecutor, however, stressed that Lau had intentionally blocked the police and refused to leave despite repeated warnings. Hundreds of people, many of them social workers, gathered outside the court this morning to support Lau. Turning overseas, President Trump has insisted that a trade deal with the United States signed with China in January remains intact. The president's comment came after his trade adviser Peter Navarro told U.S. television the deal was over. He later said his views were taken out of context. Earlier, a senior U.S. diplomat announced that the United States had designated another four Chinese media outlets as foreign missions. Is the BBC's Barbara Platt Usher? The State Department said the point of the designations was to identify these news outlets as propaganda organs of a foreign government. A senior official claimed the Chinese Communist Party directly controlled them. The list includes China Central Television, the main state-run television network, and the People's Daily, the main Communist Party newspaper. This means they have to report who works for them and what property they hold. It doesn't stop them from broadcasting and publishing in the U.S. But the first round of such designations in February triggered a series of tit-for-tat moves that saw journalists expelled by both countries. The Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau has condemned Beijing's decision to charge Hong Kong-based former diplomat Michael Kovrig and another Canadian, Michael Spavo, with espionage. Mainland authorities announced on Friday that they had begun a prosecution of the pair after 18 months in detention. Mr. Trudeau said it was clear the detentions were linked to the arrest of Huawei executive Meng Wanzhou. It has been obvious from the beginning that this was a political decision made、uh, by the Chinese government,、uh, and we deplore it and have from the very beginning.、Uh, we will continue to advocate、uh, strongly and firmly for the release of these two Canadians who have been arbitrarily detained. And again, we want to thank all of our friends and allies around the world who have consistently and continually stepped up to highlight that this arbitrary detention of Canadian citizens is. Unacceptable. The foreign ministry said the case was handled according to the rule of law in China. 
Four French police officers are being investigated after a recording emerged of a delivery driver in Paris who was pinned down and later died. The BBC's Warren Bull reports. Cédric Chouvia was riding his scooter near the Eiffel Tower when he was stopped by police on January the 3rd. A phone recording of the incident shows Mr. Chouvia being pinned down by officers and he can be heard seven times saying he is suffocating before passing out. He had a heart attack and died two days later. A post-mortem showed his larynx had been broken. Prosecutors have opened a case for involuntary homicide. The investigation comes weeks after the French government reviewed restraint techniques used by its own police force in the wake of the death of George Floyd in the US, who was held down by an officer using a chokehold. The Venezuelan president, Nicolas Maduro, has said that he's prepared to talk to President Trump when the right time comes. Relations between the US and Venezuela have deteriorated sharply since Mr Trump took office. The BBC's Leonardo Rocha reports. Mr Trump caused widespread surprise on Sunday when he said in an interview that he was willing to meet the Venezuelan leader. After his comment, Mr. Trump clarified that he continued to back the head of the opposition, Juan Guaido, as the country's legitimate leader and would only sit down with Mr. Maduro to discuss his exit from power. Asked for his reaction to the offer, Mr. Maduro said he would agree to meet Mr. Trump, provided it was all done within a climate of mutual respect. But diplomatic and economic relations between the two countries have never been so bad. And it's difficult to see how formal talks could even be contemplated at this stage. Saudi Arabia has announced that the annual Hajj pilgrimage will go ahead at the end of July, but with attendance sharply reduced because of the pandemic. The BBC's Alan Johnston reports. In normal times, the Hajj pilgrimage is one of the great moments in the Muslim religious calendar. Well over two million worshippers make their way to Mecca from across the globe. But this year, in the shadow of the coronavirus, the Saudi authorities say the event will have to be dramatically reduced in scale. Just a very limited number of believers will be allowed to attend. There'll be citizens from countries around the world who are already resident in Saudi Arabia. The authorities say this is the only way they'll be able to make plans for social distancing that will keep people safe. A team of biologists is setting out to track the movement of wildlife before, during and after coronavirus lockdowns were introduced across the world. They will measure the effect of what they have called the anthropause, the global-scale temporary slowdown in human activity. Here's the BBC's Victoria Gill. Videos of urban wildlife encounters have been widely shared on social media, but the way to study what's actually happening is with tracking devices fitted to animals to record their movement. In dozens of studies, researchers have fitted trackers to species from African elephants to migrating cuckoos, and some of their data has been automatically uploaded throughout lockdown, giving a unique insight into how our presence and absence affects those animals. A glimpse of how animals move around while roads are much less busy, for example, could show us where to put wildlife crossings and corridors. To finance news, a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 24,755. That's 243 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $66 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 107.19 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 12 cents. And the pound is worth 9 Hong Kong dollars and 66 cents. Now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung.
We start in the English Premier League, where second place Manchester City continue to delay Liverpool's title celebrations. Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez each had two goals in City's 5-0 demolition of Burnley. The BBC's John Murray reports. Another one of those Manchester City victory processions. Pep Guardiola rotated almost his whole team. Eight changes tonight. And Phil Foden, who scored the third against Arsenal on Wednesday, was one of those who came in and scored the first and fifth tonight. There were two goals for Riyad Mahrez as well. The first, a dazzling run and finish. Uh, His second, a VAR-awarded penalty. Uh, Aguero was injured in the challenge, incidentally. So 3-0 at halftime. David Silva slid in the fourth, his first goal since October. October, Foden and Bernardo Silva involved in that. So City, yes, making a very strong restart. 3-0 against Arsenal, 5-0 against Burnley here. And it does mean that Liverpool cannot clinch the title on Wednesday night at Anfield. It will go beyond Wednesday. Just before kickoff, an aircraft flew over Etihad Stadium carrying the message, White Lives Matter Burnley. It circled the ground moments after players had taken a knee in support of the Black Lives Matter movement. Burnley have strongly condemned those responsible for the act. Captain Ben Mee says it's an embarrassment for the club. Um, I'm ashamed, I'm embarrassed to um, that a small number of our fans that have, have uh, decided to, to put that around the stadium. Um, Completely missed the point. Um, group of lads in there are, are embarrassed to, you know, to see that, and it's not what, what we're about at all. Um, missed the point of the whole thing that we're trying to trying to achieve, trying to do. I think these people that need to need to come into the 21st century and and educate themselves, and you know, as, as a lot of us do, and it's a small minority of people. And uh, yeah, I'm really upset that that, that happened. Goals from Cristiano Ronaldo and Paolo Dybala sealed a 2-0 win for Juventus away to Bologna. Juve extended their lead in the Serie A to four points over Lazio, who play away to Atalanta tomorrow night. AC Milan kept alive their hopes of European football next season with a 4-1 win over Lecce. Ten-man Fiorentina were held to a one-all draw by last place Brescia. In Spain, Sevilla twice came from behind to draw 2-2 at Villarreal and moved back into third place above Atletico Madrid, who faced Levante tonight. And finally, Major League Baseball players have rejected the league's proposed 60-game regular season by a vote of 33-5, to daring Commissioner Rob Manfred to take the next step. Manfred had earlier threatened to give a unilateral order to start a shortened season delayed by coronavirus. Players are expected to take legal action if they're ordered to work. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. To end the news, the top stories once again. The chief executive says she will not select judges for individual national security trials. And a former chief justice says aspects of the new security legislation raise concerns about judicial independence. And the administration says it's still working on a long-awaited system to allow healthy people to travel to and from Macau and Guangdong. The news from RTHK.
Welcome to the One Two Three Show this Tuesday afternoon. I'm Karen Ko, sitting in for Noreen Mir today. It's great to have your company. Hope you're having a great day. We have a pretty busy show for you today. Oh, I want to say thank you to Phil first for this morning's morning brew. And coming up on the One Two Three Show today, I'm going to be joined by Hans Ebert, creative director of Happy Wednesday at the Hong Kong Jockey Club, to talk about the intersection of racing, music, and lifestyle. Yes, there is one. In our Tuesday feature, Andrew Dembina finds out what fruit, vegetables, and herbs we can grow in Hong Kong over the hot summer months. He talks to Jane Ram, an active member of the Hong Kong Gardening Society. That is coming up after two o'clock. And of course, while this year's dragon boat races are not happening on Thursday, we are going to capture a bit of the passion for paddling after two thirty with Liana Sadwani, who is a paddler with the Lama Dragons team. Don't forget, if you want to get in touch, please email me at k 